For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Wild Card Edition of the Bacon Bets Podcast. Uh, once again, I'll be giving out my best bet for all six Wild Card Weekend games. But first things first, congratulations. Congratulations to us. Congratulations to me. We made it through the road to 272 bets. There are 272 NFL regular season games. I bet on all 272 of them. I know some of you tailed along, and I know actually some of you did your own road to 272 bets uh, with your own picks. Uh, and I know there's a couple of you uh, that was sharing with me uh, your updates on a weekly basis throughout the season. So congratulations to all of you. We made it through to the end of the football season. It's uh, It was a grind. Uh, I did implode a little bit in the last two weeks, 7-9 and nine in uh, week 17. Uh, and then if you listen to last week's episode, I said, in order for us, for me to lock in a profit for the year, I had to go at least 5-11. and 11. I didn't think that was actually going to happen. And to be fair, I did do, do one better than that. I finished 6-10 and 10 in week 18. Uh, I think it was my worst week of the entire season. I might have had a 5-11 and 11 week um, around like week 5 or week 6. I don't... I definitely had at least one other 6 and 10. So it, it was... One of my worst weakest weeks uh, betting on the NFL all season. But still, 6-10 and 10 was good enough uh, to keep me in the profit for my season-to-date number. So here we are at the end of the road to 272 bets. The final record for 2023 is 140 wins, 129 losses, 3 pushes for plus 3.96 units. If you are an ROI guy... That is a 1.5% return on investment. Not great. Uh, 1.5%. Um, listen, if you invest money into an investment portfolio and at the end of the year you come up with a 1.5% return, you're probably not very happy with that. Um, but we didn't lose money. And that is my goal. I'm not a pro better. Um, pro betters will not be betting on all 272 games this season. And they certainly won't be placing all 16 of their bets every week on Monday night. Uh, so my goal is every season that I do this to finish profitable, to finish in the green, to not lose money because uh, as I always say in sports betting if you're not losing you're winning uh, so my goal every year when I do it is to not lose and uh, I did that this year I've now done that three of the four years that I've done the road to 272 the first year is the road to 256 uh, back before there was a week 18 um, so just to recap here um, actually you know what I'm just gonna uh, share my screen here just in case he didn't see this tweet uh, that I put out if I can just go uh, whoop, there we go. If you're watching this, uh, on this is, this is going to be a good YouTube episode as, as I recap some things. Uh, so if you don't normally watch or listen to this podcast on YouTube, head over to the Bacon Bets podcast YouTube channel, subscribe to it, uh, and you may want to watch uh, this episode here. Uh, yeah, so the 2023 edition of the Road to 72 Bets is complete. As I tweeted, my record 
throughout the year 2020 i went 130 and 119.7 5.79 units 2021 was a record year i don't know if i'll ever beat that finished up over 25 units last year was a losing year uh and a bad year i actually didn't think i lost this much last year but i guess i did i lost 12.32 units last year we got back to the green this year plus 3.96 units so through four seasons of betting on every single nfl regular season game on a side or total my overall record and now we are up over a thousand bets i'm sitting at 549 503 and 20 for plus 22.9 units um that's some that's not even free entertainment because you know betting on sports betting on the nfl does make it more entertaining to watch that's uh some entertainment while making just a, a little bit of pocket change as well just a little bit of pocket change um so I'm, I'm pretty happy with that uh like i said i would rather not uh have completely fallen apart in uh week 18 uh going six and ten i uh, would have liked to at least just go eight and eight or even nine and seven but uh that's the way it goes sometimes uh in week 18 uh, is a and i said this when i was recording the podcast what i think is the toughest week to bet on in the NFL season. So that certainly happens. I'm recording this during the national championship game, by the way. Uh, I put money on Washington money line just, just, just for shits and giggles. I don't know anything about college football. Uh, they just threw picked open the half. So not good for potentially a future for uh, Falcons quarterback, Michael Penix Jr. Um, I actually, I'm not going to pretend like I'm a huge expert in college football or in Michael Penix Jr., but it does kind of feel right to have a left-handed quarterback in Atlanta. So I'm kind of cheering for him. Uh, to be the guy the Falcons take. Uh, really quick about the Falcons, we blew it. I had a really good feeling about Week 18, and we lost to our biggest rival by a million points, and it wouldn't matter anyways because the Panthers got shut out for the second straight week. So it is kind of exciting, though, I will say, about being a Falcons fan right now, and the Falcons fans who are listening, you might be able to relate to this, or really fans of any bad team. It is kind of exciting when you fire a head coach and you know that you need a new quarterback in the offseason because you know you're going to have a new quarterback and a new head coach heading into next year. That is exciting, um, especially because we have weapons on offense. We have good defense. Now, I am concerned about who's going to be our head coach. Rumors might be Bill Belichick, which I don't know how I'm going to feel about that. I'm going to pretend like it's not going to happen until it does. And also rumors of us getting Russell Wilson, which I would cry, I think. So... It's at the very least going to be a fun offseason. We have the number eight overall pick. We'll see how that goes. Really quick, just to kind of put, put a little bow uh, on the road to 272 bets for this year. I did follow up this tweet with a little bit more in depth here. Uh, it is a screenshot of my bet stamp account, which you can go look. And if you want to look through all my bets and kind of do more of a deep dive into how I did this year for the road to 272 bets, you can over at BetStamp at IanMacBets. But this is basically it here. It is a breakdown of how I did for money line spread and totals. Uh, what killed me this year was my Moneyline underdog picks. Uh, I lost 2.73 units, uh, betting Moneyline underdogs. Uh, actually, if I go over my, I actually think I have this on my actual, do I still have this up? Yes, I do. So I can, we can actually just go to my actual bet stamp account here for, uh, the YouTube folks there. Now it does, I, I don't understand this because it says average bet size and it's like $92. It doesn't make sense. If you, all my bets were, I'd. Put in $100 to make it easy for unit sake, but all my bets were $100. Don't know why it says average bet size is less than that. Um, but you can see a little bit of a breakdown here. My money line underdog picks. Now, don't forget these range from, you know, um, like a minus 110 bet would have been money line, minus 105. This past week was Texans minus 102. Um, those would be money line picks, but not ones that I would have considered upset picks of the week. 
Um, no money line favorites. As you know, I do not bet money line favorites for the road to 272 bet. So my overall money line record, including, you know, the short underdogs plus ones, I took a bit of a shot on 13 and 19 for minus 2.73 units. That's the only of the money line spreads and totals. That's the only area I lost money on. Um, and in years past, especially the year that I had a big year, I was up over 20 units. Money line upset picks were kind of my bread and butter. I, I thrived with those. Um, even last year, I think when I didn't, when I had a losing year, I think I did, I think my best aspect was my money line upset picks, uh, did not go well for me this year. I think the only kind of big one I hit was when the Patriots upset the Broncos a few weeks ago on Sunday night football. Other than that, any shot I took, uh, didn't work out. Uh, so hopefully that'll, uh, fix itself next year. Spreads I did really well in generally. And this is reflected over every single year. I do better on spreads and totals. That's why I always try to look for a spread bet before I go to the total for the most part. Uh, spreads, I went 102, 88, and 2 for plus 5.75 units if we round up there. Um, so 192 of the 272 bets were on spreads. Uh, totals, I was still profitable. I started off hot with total totals. I cooled off as the season went on. I finished 25, 22, and 1. Uh, when it came to totals for not, for uh, just under, for a plus 0.94 units. Uh, so that was pretty much a wash. I did really well with spreads, and then money lines kind of killed me. Uh, so that's kind of uh, my review here. I did get good CLV. Now, I'm going to be honest, uh, and I should reach out to um, someone who does it professionally, what a good CLV percentage is at the end of the year. So this means I'm pretty sure I averaged 1.3% of closing line value. Considering I have to place all 16 of my bets on Monday night right before I record, I'm happy with that. Um, to get, you know, good closing line value, generally want to bet on them as soon as the lines come out on Sunday evening. Um, I wait till Monday night before I record to place those bets. So I'll take 1.3% closing line value. I don't know how great that number is, um, but it's, I, I think it's at least decent, especially for the fact I have to bet on all games Monday night. Even games where I think the line's going to move the opposite way, I'm going to place it on monday night uh so there you go that is my recap for the road to 272 bets overall i am happy with it i achieved my goal of finishing uh profitable um obviously i would have liked to win a little bit more money would have liked to finish strong but um especially after having a losing year last year i'm glad that we got back to the green let's see if we can beat this figure uh next year for the 2024 season uh so today's episode what i'm gonna do uh, is I am going to give out my best bet for all six wildcard games. My original plan, because I did this last year, was to give out my best bet and my best player prop for all six games. Um, I must have recorded podcasts a day later last year because I went to go uh, lock in my player prop bets, and um, there are none. Uh, they're not released across any sports book I could find, offshore or regulated. So I don't know what I'll do for that. Maybe I'll record a quick player prop only uh, podcast later in the week. That's kind of the way I'm going. Uh, in my opinion, I might just write an article on BetSider with my best player props uh, if I don't have time to record a podcast. But I'll, in one form or another, I will get you uh, some player props for Wildcard Weekend. Um, but right now, for this episode, I just have my best bet for all six games in ter terms of a side and total. I'm going to start, though, uh, with reviewing my best uh, future bet. I recorded a podcast uh before the season started, I also wrote an article where I gave out my best futures bet for all 32 teams before the season started. I've not reviewed it since then, so live, I'm going to go through it for all 32 teams and see how I did with my future bets. 
Uh, so that'll be fun because, like I said, I haven't looked at it. I've, I don't remember what I placed, what bet I placed for most teams. So we'll go through it and check that out. Um, but if you only care about my picks for the wild card weekend, just go ahead and check out the timestamps below. Even if you're listening to the audio version, I put uh, timestamps in the description every time. Uh, just go ahead and skip forward uh, through all that, uh, and I'll, I'll put in when my picks for the wild card slate starts. Uh, if you don't want to hear me review my futures bets for every team, and maybe I went 0 32, I have no idea. Maybe I went 32-0. Um, definitely didn't do that because I my pick for the Falcons, I'm pretty sure, was for them to make the playoffs. And that placed a five-unit bet on that to happen. Didn't hit. So, Falcons let me down. Uh, all right. So, let's get into it. Once again, going to start with reviewing my 32 futures picks, see how they did for this season. And then I will uh, give you uh, my best bet for all six wild card games this weekend. I think uh, this is the best weekend of football of the year. Six games, back-to-back, no overlapping games, some exciting matchups, some great stories. Uh, strap in. I'm excited. Let's get into it. It is the uh, wild card weekend edition of the Bacon Bets podcast. Let's go. No, Lisa. The only monster here is the gambling monster that has enslaved your mother. I call him Gamblor, and it's time to snatch your mother from his neon claws. More bacon than the pan can handle. 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 All right, let's get into it. This is the part of the podcast that it's going to benefit a little bit if you're watching on YouTube because I'm just going to minimize myself down to the corner. Uh, and I'm going to go live through this article that I published on BetSide. I published it. Uh, it says I originally published it July 31st, updated August 3rd. So I haven't looked at this since August 3rd, probably. Uh, and I recorded the podcast, which was the audio version of this as well. So if you didn't read, uh, this article back in August, you might've listened to the podcast instead. Uh, but I'm going to use this for my reference, uh, for my best bet for all 32 NFL teams. Once again, one more time, cause I don't want any DMS telling me that I was, should have just got to the picks right away. If you only care about wildcard picks, look down in the description, either on YouTube or, uh, on whatever podcast platform you're listening to and click the timestamp. It'll take you right to my wildcard picks uh for this weekend all right let's start off arizona cardinals so this i did this in alphabetical order i'm pretty sure so arizona cardinals my best bet for them was under four and a half wins i believe that's a winner i think they finished exactly four wins they did shout out to the seahawks for coming back and beating them in week 18 or else that would have been a loser uh so cardinals under four and a half wins barely got there for us was not looking good once kyler murray came back um but we got it um Let's keep going here. Falcons, I knew this was a loser to make the playoffs. Plus 112, I bet of that. Um, and I even wrote, hand up, I have no ability to put my Falcons fandom aside when I write about them or talk about them. And yet, my Falcons bias got the best of me again this year. Falcons to make the playoffs. Loser. One for one. Ravens to win the AFC North. Look at that bet. That's a pretty good Ravens bet. I got a plus 220. That is a winner, my friends. Uh, a lot of people weren't on the Ravens. Uh, a lot of people like the Bengals, obviously, with Joe Burrow. Some people uh, like the Browns. Uh, of course, some people are on the Ravens, but plus 220. Uh, pretty solid winner there. Uh, what else did I say here? I think I praised their defense. Listen, not, not many people were high on the Ravens' defense this year. I was, and they turned out to be a top three defense, maybe top two defense in the NFL this season. So uh, I think I just about nailed the Ravens. 
I will take that. That's a W. Two and one for your boy. Uh, Buffalo Bills best bet over 10 and a half wins. Either, and I wrote, quote, either we'll look back at this as being the easiest bet of 2023 or we're going to feel stupid for falling for an obvious trap. They finished with 11 wins, didn't they? 11 wins, 11 and 6. So no, actually, neither of what I said uh, was correct because um, this was not the easiest bet of 2023, um, but it did end up winning. They only had to win their last five straight games after their bye week, including a Sunday night football do-or-die game against the Dolphins to cash it, but they did. So that's 3-1. Oh, I'm crushing it. I swear to God, I didn't know I did this well. Uh, and as soon as I say that, I look at my Panthers' best bet, which was Bryce Young, Offensive Rookie of the Year. If there was a worst Offensive Rookie of the Year award, it would probably go to Bryce Young. So uh, that one was a loser for you, boy. Um, I didn't love anything about the Panthers, if I remember correctly. Uh, yeah, I said I feel, I wrote down, quote, I feel most of the season-long odds are quite fair for the Panthers, so instead I'm going to look at an individual player award. Uh, that was not smart either. Plus 420 for Bryce Young to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Eh. So I'm, what, 3-2? Three and two, pretty good. Up some pretty good units too with that uh, with that Ravens uh, to win the AFC North. Bears, this one just came in for us as well. Under seven and a half wins, plus one hundred five. I wrote, quote, I'd love to know why betters and odds makers think the Bears, the worst team in the NFL last season, will somehow improve by at least five wins. Uh, so yeah, I was feeling very confident about that, but that actually just came in under the wire. They finished with seven wins. They finished seven and ten. Uh, so because they did not beat the Packers in Week 18, uh, that one is a winner as well. Under seven and a half wins for the Bears. I crushed these futures bets. Oh, Bengals, another winner. Am I the greatest future better of all time? Bengals under eleven and a half wins, minus one forty-four. I mean, juice on that was not great. Um, but that to me now, obviously Joe Burrow was injured. He wasn't playing well. Um, I mean, probably if Joe Burrow would have played to the end of the season, they certainly, I mean, still 12 wins though. I mean, how many teams in the NFL finished with 12 wins? The Lions, the Cowboys, and the Ravens. Only three teams have finished with 12, even with Joe Burrow. Well, I mean, they're nine and eight. They wouldn't need three more wins. Regardless, it doesn't matter. Uh, the under 11 and a half was an easy, easy winner for the Bengals. Browns, this is a this is a loser. Under nine and a half wins for the Browns. Um, yeah, they got hot. They got hot. Eleven and six, not even close. Uh, so I've lost track here. I think I'm four and two. Uh, that's one, one and one, two and one, three and one, three and two, four and two, five and two, five and three. Dallas Cowboys over nine and a half wins. Easy winner. Six and three. Cowboys won 12 games. Are they one of the teams of 12? Yep. 12 wins for the Cowboys. Easy winner. Um, yeah. Should at least hit double-digit wins. I, I'm no believer in this team as a Super Bowl contender, I wrote. Now I probably do believe them as, in them as a Super, cool, Super Bowl contender, but still. Uh, over nine and a half wins. That was a winner. What did I say? Six and three, seven and three. Broncos over eight and a half wins. Did we squeeze that one in or do they finish with eight or seven wins? Eight wins. We lost that one by, by a game. Uh, so Broncos, yeah. Um, yeah, Broncos were a weird team this year. Um, they kind of played to their strength, but Russell Wilson's done. Detroit Lions best bet. Amon Ross St. Brown most regular season receiving yards at 
30 to 1. This is one of my uh, few long shots that I took, and I know he didn't finish there, but he was somewhat close. Yeah, he finished third. You know what? For 30 to 1 bet, even though it's a loser and close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, I'm fine with that bet. Uh, he was 600, 700, about 300 yards short, uh, about 290 ish, 285 yards short of leading the NFL in receiving yards, but still, for a 30 to 1 bet, um, even though it doesn't count, I'll take it. It was a long shot bet. Green Bay Packers under seven and a half wins. That's obviously a loser. Uh, how they have nine or ten? Do they win? Nine and eight. Good enough for the playoffs. Uh, loser for me. Jordan Love looks like the Packers once again got a great quarterback. Three great quarterbacks in a row. Not fair. Will Anderson, defensive rookie of the year for the Texans. Um, I can't see award odds in New York. I placed these offshore. Let me see the latest defensive rookie of the year odds. Uh, is this updated? Sports betting dime updated January 3rd. So this was updated last week. Um, can I just, can I, no, oh, I just can't see the odds. Just give me the odds. Vegas Insider, five days ago. Offensive Rookie of the Year. Jalen Carter is minus 200. Uh, if this is a lie, uh, yeah, as of, yeah. So as of today, it looks like Jalen Carter minus 200. Will Anderson plus 300. So not announced yet, um, but still a very small chance Will Anderson wins it. Wins it looks like Jalen Carter is the betting favorite, though. So that might be a loss. Although some sports books have Jalen Carter minus 120, Will Anderson plus 165. So that one's still up in the air. I had a couple awards bets still up in the air. Looks like this is one of them. Still not a terrible bet, even if it loses. If he doesn't win it, he finishes second, it looks like, based on the odds. Uh, Colts, worst regular season record, 15-1. to 1. <laughs> uh, No, that one, uh, that one's the loser. I'm on a little bit of a cold streak here now reviewing. I've lost count. I'm not going to keep going back and counting them through. Uh, you can keep count uh, at home, especially I'm going to not continue to count because now it looks like uh, I'm on the losing end of things. Uh, Colts, obviously one win away from making the playoffs. Clearly did not finish with the worst regular season record. That was 15-1. to 1. It was a bit of a long shot. Um, yeah, Gardner Minshew, shout out. Uh, Jaguars to win the AFC South, that lost in week 18. Um, Jaguars, fraudulent, uh, might not even be fraudulent, just straight up a bad team at this point. I have no further comment about the Jaguars. They stink. I'm actually, even though I lost this bet, I'm glad that, uh, that they lost because I didn't want to watch them in the playoffs. Also, Trevor Lawrence might be a bust. In terms of not living up to his potential and his expectations, he's a bust. Chiefs AFC number one seed loss. Okay, I'm 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 I was feeling good through the first like ten picks, uh, not so much anymore. I bet plus three twenty on the Chiefs to be the AFC number one seed. They finish as the number three seed. Uh, Max Crosby defensive player of the year sixteen to one. He's not gonna win it, but he must. He, I mean, he had a pretty good year. Uh, who's going to win it? Is it Miles Garrett and Micah Parsons? Um, back on Vegas Insider to check. Once again, my in New York, I can't check in regulated books. Max Crosby finished, it looks like, fourth on the odds. It looks like it's Miles Garrett, Micah Parsons, TJ Watt, and a pretty wide gap to Max Crosby. So that was a bit of a long shot at 16-1. to 1. It was a loser, but, um, he, he, I mean, he played pretty well this year. 
Chargers' best bet was Justin Herbert, most regular season receiving yards, 7-1. to one. That obviously lost. He didn't even finish the year. He was hurt like the last six games. I think he probably could have finished the year, but the Chargers told him to sit. No sense of him playing uh, when you're already eliminated. Uh, but it doesn't matter. Uh, he was not even close. So that's another loser. I've lost like now like eight in a row. Uh, Rams, here we go. We're back on the winning side. We're back on the winning side. Rams over six and a half wins a plus 110. I love this bet at the time. Uh, I said, call me crazy, but I'm not ready to count out the former Super Bowl champs after just one bad season. Um, are they a Super Bowl contender like they were two years ago? No. Um, well, turns out they are. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was a great bet over six and a half wins. They won 10 and they're in the playoffs. So that was an easy winner for the Rams. It didn't look great at the start of the year, uh, but what, they went six and one, I think, in their last seven. Uh, so that is a winner there. Ooh, oh, no. Ooh, I forgot I placed this bet. Uh, Dolphins to win the AFC East. That was looking great all year, but to be fair, um, I did end up hedging. I do uh, Bills to win the AFC East. Uh, then I put more money on than this. Um, so I was fine. Uh, but in terms of my preseason bets, I mean, Dolphins to win the, a the AFC East at plus 300 looked pretty good for about 15 weeks. Looked pretty, pretty good. Also, shout out to anyone who's, um, doing sober January. Um, I'm once again doing it. If you're watching this on YouTube, you see them drinking. It is a non-alcoholic Guinness. Um, so we're eight days in a sober January. Good luck to anyone else who's going on this venture. Vikings best bet to win the NFC North. No, uh, they had some chances there in the middle of the season, but uh, they kind of got crushed by injuries. Um, so no, Vikings to win the NFC North. That was a loser. Uh, Patriots best bet under seven and a half wins. I still need to collect from my buddy, Jason Brown. Jason, if you're listening to this, you owe me $100. Please e-transfer it to me, uh, which is how Canadians send money. We don't have Venmo. Uh, Jason, please e-transfer me that win because uh, I made a personal side bet with him on under seven and a half wins and the Patriots um, finished with four wins. And I believe I actually predicted this. I think my prediction for the Patriots was actually the best prediction I made made all year. I'm going to read this quote for quote because it's not very long here. Quote, I think the Patriots are going to be a dumpster fire this year and it's going to be cathartic for us non-Patriots fans to watch. Fact. Gone are the days of them inevitably owning a top seed and waltzing their way to the Super Bowl. Fact. Not only is Mac Jones not the answer at quarterback. Fact. And their defense is subpar at best. Now their defense is actually pretty good this year. But they hold the hardest schedule in the NFL and it's not even close. Well, that was true. Take the under on their win total as they try to keep their head above water in the best division of football. I thought I wrote, maybe I just said it on the podcast. I thought I said, I'm surprised I didn't write it here, that at the end of the season, Bill Belichick would be gone. I'm, I guess I didn't write in this article. Maybe I just said it on the podcast. Maybe I'll have to go back and see if I can find that clip. Um, but I'm pretty sure I said, at the end of the year, Bill, Be Bill, Bill Belichick will, will be gone, either resigned or fired, and it hasn't happened yet. But it's looking like it will. Uh, it is huge for us Patriots haters. This is this was a cathartic season to watch. They stink. Uh, my Saints' best bet was Derek Carr most interceptions thrown at sixteen to one. I actually don't think I won this, but let's take a look. Uh, passing leaders. I actually don't know who led interception. I don't think it was Derek Carr. Sam Howell threw 21 interceptions. So, no, that was not a winner. Actually, Derek Carr... Ooh. Derek Carr actually only threw eight interceptions this year. Oh, I'm shocked. I would have I guessed he threw, like, 14. Okay, shout out Derek Carr. Good for him. 
He actually had a pretty solid year, 97.7 quarterback rating. It's not bad. It's not bad. I think he picked things up as the season went along. Uh, so that one was a loss. Uh, New York Giants, best bet over seven and a half wins. That was a loser by a mile. The Giants stunk this year. I don't know what they're going to do with Daniel Jones. Uh, Giants fans, just go back and watch the Super Bowl DVDs from uh, 2007 and whatever the other year was, 2011, because you don't got a lot going on right now. Um, who knows if, I mean, is Brian Dable as good as we thought he was? Do you sign Daniel Jones to a massive contract? He stinks. Are you really, really going to roll with Tyrod Taylor next season? Ugh. Over seven and a half wins for the Giants. Loser, loser, loser. New York Jets best bet. Robert Salah, coach of the year, 16 to 1. Not even close. Maybe if Aaron Rodgers didn't get hurt, but still probably not. That was a bad bet. Philadelphia Eagles best bet. Jalen Hurts, MVP. No, obviously not. The Eagles have completely imploded. There was a point in time, it was, what, week 10, week 11, week 12? Might have been on Thanksgiving or after Thanksgiving that Jalen Hurts was the MVP favorite. Uh, but that clearly uh, fell apart. Uh, I see on my screen during the national championship that is um, Derek Jeter hanging out with Stephen A. Smith up in the box. How about that? Uh, is Derek Jeter a Michigan guy? He's got a Michigan sweater on. Is that Derek Jeter? I think so. Didn't know he's a Michigan guy. Pittsburgh Steelers under eight and a half wins. Why did I fall for that trap? I'm just reading it now. I don't know why. Mike Tomlin, of course, is going to lead them uh, to a 10 and 7 season into the playoffs. Of course. I will not be falling for that trap again as long as Mike Tomlin is there. The Steelers are by far the worst playoff team, but they once again managed to win 10 games and they're in the playoffs. So that was a loser. I stopped keeping track of my record in these. I think it's pretty safe to say, my friends, that I got a losing record and I probably lost money on these. Onward. Uh, 49ers to win the NFC West at minus 200. Wow, that was real bold of me. Yeah, that was a winner. Great, I won a couple bucks on that one. Uh, I, come on, I couldn't, couldn't come up with a better bet than a minus 200 to win the NFC West. Come on, Ian. Seattle Seahawks under nine wins. I think I just got that because, uh, or did it just go over? No, they got to be, that might be a push. That's a push. That's, we got a push. I didn't take it at nine and a half. I took it right at nine. That was a push. Uh, they finished with exactly nine wins after beating the Cardinals. So push. Buccaneers over six and a half wins. Yeah. Easy winner there. They got, uh, they got nine wins. Um, I had more faith in the Buccaneers than a lot of people had, um, yeah, and I even wrote that in my first line. I have more belief in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with more people uh, than most people just because they lost an aging Tom Brady. Doesn't mean they're going to go from one of the best teams in the NFC to one of the worst. Sure, they won't be as good, but I think they can reach seven wins. Yes, they reached nine. So nailed that one about the Buccaneers. Tennessee Titans under seven and a half. I think their win. No, I think they finished seven and ten. I think we're good there. Uh, oh, six and eleven. Winner there. Uneasy winner for Tennessee Titans. Even with their win in week 18, they still finished two games under what I needed them to um perfect now actually let me check this because i did have a hot take about deandre hopkins that i tweeted about in the offseason when they signed him and i said like let's relax like he's not that good because he's old um how did deandre hopkins play this year 21st in receiving yards 1057 yards seven touchdowns yeah probably a little bit better than i expected but i don't think as good as most people expected uh so, but that's a winner titans under seven and a half wins um, ooh, Washington with the ball back with a chance to tie. Ooh, Commanders best bet under six and a half wins. That must have been an easy winner. They finished with four. 
Okay, we're, we're, we're getting hot again. We're getting hot. Easy winner for the Commanders. Uh, oh, and is that, that's it. That's, that's the last team. Um, so I started off strong. I finished strong with three straight winners. I probably still had a losing record, though. Um, I didn't keep track. And even if I didn't have a losing record, I definitely probably lost money. Because I didn't hit any of my big ones. I think my biggest one that I hit was the Ravens to win the AFC North at plus 220 or whatever it was. Um, but there you go. Um, have your own thoughts about it. I'm fine with it. I didn't do terrible. I nailed some teams. I nailed the Patriots. I nailed the Buccaneers. Um, I had some bad bets as well. I'm overall kind of happy with it. It kind of actually probably finished pretty close to uh, how I finished with the road to 272 bets. Kind of fitting. Uh, but I'll do that again uh, next year. That was fun. Maybe I'll follow along with it a little bit more closely as the season goes on. Uh, but there you go. That's my basically my total review. Uh, and I still have the Will Anderson bet pending. Probably not going to win, but it's pending. That's my total review of my 2023 regular season. Let's move on to the playoffs, my friends. I'm going to take a quick break, and I'll be back with my best bet for all six NFL wild card weekend. Uh, my picks for all six wild card weekend games. Super wild card weekend, I believe it's called now. Be back in a jiffy. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Okay, best bets for all six wildcard games. We're going to go chronological order here. So, of course, the Houston Texans are in the playoffs, which means... They get to play in the Saturday afternoon game. I don't know why the TV networks just hate the Houston Texans, but every single year for the past decade, when they make the playoffs, you can guarantee they're going to be playing the Saturday afternoon game, the first game on the slate. And once again, uh, that is the case. They're taking on the Cleveland Browns. This game is in Houston, obviously, because Houston managed to win the AFC South by way of beating the Colts and then the Jaguars losing to the Titans. I'm going to take the Texans. I will take them getting two and a half points. I got them uh, plus two and a half at even money, plus 100 there uh, for the Texans. Uh, and really my pick for this game largely comes down to uh, how the Browns have played on the road this season, which has not been good. They have been terrible on the road. Uh, their net yards per play drops from plus 1.1 at home all the way down to minus 0.7 on the road. That's a difference of 1.8 in net yards per play, which is a massive, massive difference. That is the biggest difference between home and away splits in the NFL. Uh, and the reason for it is because their defense is terrible on the road. I get that they're the best defense in the NFL, but they are when they're at home, but not when they're on the road specifically. I know this is a little, little bit more of a, a simple metric, but opponent yards per play uh, at home, they give up just 3.7 yards per play. On the road, the Browns' defense gives up 5.5 yards per play. That is 10th uh, last in the NFL. If you look at all teams' defenses when they've played on the road this season, the Browns are 10th last in opponent yards per play. 5.5 yards per play on the road. Uh, another area to keep an eye on for the Browns' defense, which... They are good, but like we do got to point these things out. They're actually dead last in the NFL in red zone defense as well. Teams are scoring a touchdown on 71.43% of trips to the Browns' red zone. Uh, that's not good. That's a stat that's going to come back to haunt you. Uh, 
if you want to consistently win games, you have to be able to stop uh, <coughs> excuse me, your opponent when they get to the red zone and hold them to field goals. The Browns are the worst team in the NFL in doing that. Now, some of you who are going to be betting on the Browns, you're probably going to be doing it because the Browns uh, torched the Texans just a few weeks ago. Uh, their offense specifically absolutely torched the Texans' defense. Um, C.J. Stroud obviously didn't play in that game, so we do need to take that in, into consideration. Uh, the game was in Houston as well, though. Um, it was probably one of the better defensive performances that Cleveland uh, played on the road this season. But still, uh, in the playoffs for these uh, games, we need to try not to put too much stock into previous meetings between these teams. It is a one-game sample size. There are good things to take out of these games from the original matchups when we do see matchups in the playoffs, but we should not solely just go ahead and bet on the team that won the first meeting. So I'm trying to uh, my best to avoid doing that in this one. Um, and also, and I've said this a few weeks ago, he's played better since then. Um, this is not a popular take, but I'm actually not as high on Joe Flacco as a lot of people are. I know a lot of people, is it's a great story. Um, coming back to the NFL at this age and really he's not even he's like 38 like he's not like Tom Brady age um, but still he's coming back he's playing well in terms of the yards uh, that he's throwing for he's leading the Browns to wins I think they're four and one in his starts this season um, but if you look at some of his advanced metrics if you look at all quarterbacks this season who played at least 200 snaps Joe Flacco is 26th in EPA plus CPOE which is completion percentage over expected so he's actually not playing as well as kind of the um general consensus by the public uh is he's playing well don't get me wrong especially with a, that good of a defense at least that good when they're playing at home we they don't need a ton from him but i don't think he's gonna lead them to a super bowl i don't think they're he's gonna necessarily lead them lead them to a win here and i'm not taking texans money line i'm taking the two and a half points um but let's also remember Joe Flacco in his five starts this season has thrown eight interceptions. It's tough to win games when you're playing against the best teams in the NFL in the playoffs if you're going to continuously throw interceptions every single game. Not enough people are talking about eight interceptions and five starts. That's not good. So I'm not as high on Joe Flacco as a lot of people are. Their road splits are absolutely terrible. C.J. Stroud seems to be the dude uh, and I think he can lead them to at least this being a closed game. So I will take the two and a half points with the Texans at home uh, at even money. Next up, we have the second Saturday game it is the Dolphins and the Chiefs. Uh, this one might be the one where I'm, uh, I don't think I've seen a single person say they're on the Dolphins, um, but I'm going to be. Uh, it is a three and a half point spread. Um, I will bet the Dolphins at plus three and a half. Let me actually quickly check to see if any lines. I think one line has moved against me is the only line movement so far. Uh, no, now it's back to where it was. Um, I'll talk about that game later. So as of recording this, all the lines are still currently the exact same, uh, which is good. Uh, I'll Yeah, Dolphins plus three and a half. Um, a lot of people are going to bet against the Dolphins because they're frauds, and they're going to point to their record against uh, teams with winning records or team, against team uh, playoff teams. I forget which of the two it is. Um, but obviously, uh, if you look at playoff teams specifically, the only team they beat this season that's currently in the playoffs is the Dallas Cowboys. Um, so because of that, they're calling them frauds. Now, I'm the king of frauds. Uh, no one is better at pointing out fraudulent sports teams than I am. And I'm actually going to make the case the Dolphins aren't frauds. 
The reason being to me how I define a fraud is a team that whose record is good, but their metrics don't back it up. I'm talking net yards per play, EPA, success rate. The Eagles, for example, in the first half of the season had a great record. Their metrics weren't good, and then we ended up seeing kind of those metrics come to the surface, and they imploded in the second half of the season. The Dolphins have a good record, but their metrics hold up. Now, they did have a very easy schedule. That is the argument you can make against them. Um, but it's not like they were getting blown out by all of their good teams. They did get blown out by the Ravens. Uh, the first game against the Bills was a blowout. Uh, but, for example, take the game against the Chiefs uh, when they played the Chiefs uh, earlier this season. Um, the Chiefs actually outgained them in terms of yards per play. Now, in my notes, I have 5.0 to 5.8 yards per play in that game. I think that might have been a typo. Let me double-check that. Um, but they did outgain them in terms of yards per play, and they lost by touchdown. Um, it was, they outgained them, yeah, 5.0 to 4.8. So not a big difference, but they did technically outgain them in yards per play. They lost by touchdown, and what happened in that game? A special teams touchdown. Um, if I can, it was a, um, I thought it was a special team touchdown. I guess it was a defense. Oh no, is yeah, it was a blocked field goal return. Right. Uh, so the chiefs won by one touchdown and an extra point, And the difference maker was a special teams touchdown. What did the bills lose? What did the dolphins lose to, uh, the bills by in week 18, a, spe a special teams touchdown. Those are the plays that they go against you, and sometimes it happens. I do not fault the Dolphins or call them fraudulent because of a seven-point loss to the Chiefs or, in the case of uh, Sunday night, a seven-point loss to the Bills. They are in a lot of these games against good teams. They just have had a play or two go against them, and in a small sample size of five or six games, that's going to happen. So I'm not faulting the Dolphins. I'm not calling them frauds. In fact, they outgained the, the, the Chiefs in their first game in Germany. Um, and actually I haven't looked at yards per play for last night. I think the Bills did outgain them in yards per play, though. I think it was a small advantage to the Bills. Yeah, 6.1 to 5.7. Not a massive difference in that one either. Um, one thing that I really like about the Dolphins in this game is the stylistic matchup they have. Everyone talks about the pass attack of the Dolphins, Tyreek Hill, J Jalen Waddle, uh, Tua Tagovailoa, rightfully so. Not enough people are talking about how good the Dolphins are at running the football. Heading in the playoffs, they actually lead the NFL in yards per carry, averaging 5.1 yards per rush. They're also fifth in EPA per rush and fifth in rush success rate. What is the biggest weakness of the Chiefs? Their inability to stop the run. That's how the uh, Broncos beat them this year. That's how the Raiders beat them this year. Uh, teams have had success running the football against the Kansas City Chiefs. Entering the playoffs, they rank... 24th in opponent yards per carry, giving up 4.5 yards per rush. 28th in opponent rush EPA, 17th in opponent rush success rate. They are anywhere between a below average to a bad run defense. And even the Dolphins, when they lost to the Chiefs uh, earlier this season, if I can uh, bring that game up here in my notes once again, uh, they ran the ball successfully against the, um, against the Chiefs. The Dolphins did. Now, they had to kind of abandon the run because they got down 21 nothing. Um, but if they don't get down early and they can establish the run early, they're going to not only be in this game against the Chiefs, they're going to have a chance to beat them. The Dolphins averaged 5.6 yards per rush against the Chiefs when these two teams played in Germany. So I think if the Dolphins actually, and they should because the weather is apparently supposed to be terrible, which does make me a little bit nervous about the Dolphins, so does the injuries. I have to obviously mention the injuries. But these things are already baked in the line, people. You're not kind of getting one up on the 
sports books by betting on the Chiefs because the Dolphins are hurt. Um, unless you value the injuries more than sports books are, which would be a fair argument. Um, but it's going to be cold. I think it's going to be snowy. It's going to be windy. And if both teams run the football, the advantage actually goes to the Dolphins, in my opinion. Even though they're known as an explosive pass attack, they can run the football arguably better than anyone else in the NFL. I think they do that in this game. I took the three and a half points because it's over that magic number of three, but I wouldn't be shocked if the Dolphins actually win this game. Uh, so, but for my bet, if it was probably two and a half, I probably would have just taken money line, but it's over the magic number of three and you still got the Patrick Mahomes factor. Nobody likes to win a game late more than Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he's done it time and time and time again, especially in the playoffs. So I do feel a lot more comfortable with this play, getting the three points with the Dolphins. So I'll take the Dolphins plus three and a half. Uh, Bills, Dolphins, the Bills, who I think they're the 11, they're the 11th ranked team, the AFC at six and six in their bye week, finished on five straight wins, uh, finished 11 and six. What a story for the Bills. Um, 10 point favorites against the Steelers. Um, and I will take, um, the Bills. I'll take them to cover that 10 point spread. Now this is the line that actually moved. I had, I got, I got a 10 this afternoon when I, ooh, just kicked my tripod and moved my camera a little bit. That's yeah, fine. Um, I got to the 10 when I wrote my article earlier today. Um, it moved down to nine and a half actually against me at some point this evening, but I just checked it's back up to 10. So it's back up to where it was. I did get the juice at minus 105 in this one. This is just a big time fade of the Steelers. This reminds me of the Steelers uh, when they limped into the playoffs a few years ago, took on the Chiefs in the first round. I think the spread was 10 and they got smoked. Uh, let me see if I can look up what year that was. Uh, season result. The Steelers are by far the worst team. Um in the playoffs now credit to them for getting there um that's worth something um congratulations to the Steelers fans you get to watch a playoff game that's exciting and I mean anything could happen they, they could win this game it is possible uh 2021 they finished 9-7-1 and limped into the playoffs and then lost 42-21 to the Chiefs uh this game reminds me of almost exactly that instead of 9-7-1 and they're 10-7 and uh they limped into the play well in this case, they didn't actually limp into the playoffs. They actually kind of surged in the playoffs, winning three straight. Um, but they're going to get overmatched in this game. Uh, of all teams in the NFL, the Steelers are the worst ranking team in net yards per play. They're 26th. They finished the season 26th in net yards per play. Only the Cardinals, Bengals, Broncos, Panthers, Commanders, and Giants rank worse in net yards per play. And let me actually divert here for a quick second. Uh, and I'm going to open up my screen here. Um... I get some people who don't believe in net yards per play and think it is, and it is a pretty simple stat. It's yards per play subtracted by yards given up per play. They say it's meaningless. If you're looking on my YouTube, and I tweeted this out today as well. If you're looking at my, uh, on YouTube here though, um, I have the official net yards per play rankings um, in front of me and I have all the playoff teams highlighted. The top eight teams that ranked in net yards per play this season are all in the playoffs. 49ers, Dolphins, Ravens, Chiefs, Bills, Cowboys, Lions, Rams. Those are the top eight teams this season in net yards per play. All eight of them made the playoffs. Then there's the Vikings at nine, the Falcons somehow at 10. I don't know how they finish in 10th in net yards per play. That's actually a sign of bad coaching. They couldn't win games that they should have won. Like their last game against the Bucks comes to mind. Uh, but then you got the Browns, Houston, Green Bay. So you have some quick math of the four you have 11 of the 14 teams um 
sorry, 11 of the top 13 teams in net yards per player in the playoffs. 11 of the top 13 teams ranking in net yards per play made the playoffs. Then the outliers are the Eagles at 16th, the Buccaneers at 24th, and the Steelers at 26th. So you can make fun of net yards per play all you want, and I know I do mention the stat probably a little bit too much when I'm handicapping picks, but it's for a reason. I've followed the stat for the past four years that have done road to 272 bets. Yes, it is straightforward. Yes, it is a little simple. You know, it's not as big brain as DVOA and EPA and success rate, but I think it is pretty predictive of success. So that's why I cite it so often. My point, what started that whole rant is the Steelers are the worst playoff team in net yards per play. 26th in net yards per play. Only the Cardinals, Bengals, Broncos, Panthers, Commanders, and Giants rank, rank worse in net yards per play. TJ Watt also looks like he's out. Obviously, that's already baked in the line, but that's, you know, he might be the most impactful. De- if you're talking about the point spread, I don't know if there's a defensive player worth more points than TJ Watt. Uh, also, if you look at luck metrics, I know Action Network does a, does a luck metric. Uh, Team Rankings does a luck metric. I think they all measure them a little bit differently. Um, but anyone who has a luck mat- met- metric that they've made up, uh, the Steelers rank near the top. So you got a bad, lucky team take hit, hitting the road to take on the Buffalo Bills. It could be a schlacking. Um, this is just a big-time fade of the Steelers. I will take the Bills minus 10, minus 105. And I see there I spelt the Steelers in my graphic. Steeler. I guess I just wasn't paying attention when I wrote that in. Steelers. I can spell people. Uh, all right. Fourth game, Packers, Cowboys. I actually think this is the toughest game to handicap on the entire wildcard slate. I set the spread at seven and a half. The spread is seven and a half. So I don't have a pick for the spread. So instead, I'm going to look into the total, and I actually don't even love this play either. But I think if I have to bet on this game and the spread set exactly right, I think if I were to find any value, I think it's on the over. So I'm going to take the over 50 and a half. It's a high total. Strap in. It's a high total. Uh, but the weaknesses for both teams are their defenses, especially the Packers. Packers 20th in opponent yards per play, 23rd in opponent EPA per play, 26th in opponent success rate. Even in the, those numbers have gotten even worse in the second half of the season. 25th in opponent EPA and 27th in opponent success rate since week 10. Their offense, though, um, became one of the best offense in the NFL. Actually, in EPA... They actually finished the season. The Packers did fifth in the NFL in EPA. Only the 49ers, Cowboys, Bills, and Dolphins ranked higher in EPA than the Packers by the end of the year. Shout out Jordan Love. Shout out the Packers. Must be nice to have three straight unbelievable quarterbacks. Um, So the Packers, great offense, terrible defense. It's as simple as that. The Cowboys, fantastic elite offense. Defense still good, but their defense... Funny enough, if you look at all the the stats for the Cowboys defense, they're good everywhere except for success rate. Success rate, they're 28th in the NFL in opponent success rate. If you don't know the difference between EPA and success rate, EPA is um, expected points something. It's basically how many uh, more expected points you gained per play. Um, So obviously big plays are factored more into EPA than small plays. Success rate... Every play is worth the same, if that makes sense. A big play is kind of the same, is valued the same as a small play. So what that tells me is that the Cowboys defense overall 
from a play-to-play basis might not be the best, but they make up for it in big plays. Big plays being sacks. Big plays being, obviously, a big thing for the Cowboys is defensive touchdowns. They led the NFL in defensive touchdowns this year. Uh, Interceptions, turnovers. So that's why they rank so high in EPA, but they rank pretty low in success rate. Now, is that sustainable? Is that kind of relying on big play kind of defense sustainable for the Cowboys in the playoffs? I don't know. Uh, the success rate numbers do concern me a little bit. Uh, we'll get an idea of how they look in the playoffs and the play against a good offense like the Packers. Uh, but regardless, what we do know about this game is we have two elite offenses, both top five in EPA, and at the very least, the Packers defense sucks. And maybe the Cowboys defense isn't great either. So I'm going to root for points on Sunday n- late afternoon. I guess not Sunday night, late afternoon. I will take the over between the Packers and the Cowboys. Which brings me to Sunday night. Uh, to me, this is the funnest game on the slate. Uh, it is the Rams. It is the Lions. The Rams haven't hosted a playoff... Or Sorry, the Lions haven't hosted a playoff game since 1993. They haven't won a playoff game, I think, since 1991. Um, they now get to host a playoff game. And who is it that comes to town? It is their old quarterback, Matt Stafford. The guy they traded away. He went and won a Super Bowl. And now... He's coming to town to potentially hand them yet another loss. He was their quarterback in their three previous playoff losses, and now he comes to town with a chance to beat them. And to me, nothing would be more Lions than them finally hosting a playoff game, finally getting back to the playoffs, finally looking like they have a good team, and then their old quarterback coming and beating them and breaking the hearts of all their fans. I'm taking the Rams. And that is my upset pick of the week. I'm taking the Rams on the money line plus 155 that's not why i'm making the pick because this would be so classic lines to lose this game given all the circumstances but it certainly doesn't hurt the pick it certainly doesn't make me less confident in the pick um but my main reason is the line stumble in playoffs net yards per play of minus 0.7 over their last three games their defense has been bad all year they're 26th in opponent yards per play that's the worst mark in opponent yards per play amongst all playoff teams uh most importantly their secondary has been horrific their 30th in opponent yards per pass attempt 25th in opponent dropback epa and opponent dropback success rate and now they take on one of the best pass attacks in the nfl in matt stafford cooper cup and puka nakua now cj gardner johnson is back in the lineup for the lions he played for the last week is he good enough to make that big of a difference now we'll see he has a game under his belt since returning from injury maybe Um, But that's not enough for me to sway uh, my opinion and take the Lions. Um, The Rams have been the two hottest teams since like Thanksgiving. Have been the Bills in the AFC and the Rams in the NFC. The the Rams are 7-1. I wrote down. Oh yeah, since yeah, including week 11. So dating back to week 11, they're 7-1. Over that stretch, they rank 4th in EPA per play, 5th in success rate, 17th in opponent EPA per play, and 10th an opponent's success rate. So since the midway point of the season, they have an elite offense and I would say an, an average to above average defense. They're also 7-1 in one of those games. The only loss came to the Baltimore Ravens, who are the best team in the NFL, you could probably make an argue, argument for, and they took them to overtime. They almost beat them. It's the by far the game, the most recent game that the Ravens have struggled in, outside of obviously losing the Steelers, but they're arresting all their starters. If we look at the Ravens' schedule, Obviously, they lost the Steelers. They're starting everyone. I think we can kind of agree to count that out. Before that, they crushed the Dolphins, crushed the 49ers, crushed the Jaguars, just barely beat the the Rams in overtime. 
crushed the Chargers, crushed the Bengals, lost to the Browns in that weird game back in Week 10. So the Ravens have been crushing almost everyone all season. Rams almost beat them. This Rams team is legitimate. If you're looking for right now a team I would recommend to bet on to win the Super Bowl and you don't want to take a top three, top four team, Rams at 50 to 1. If they can play as well as they have the past eight weeks, the Rams are as alive as anyone, in my opinion. Um, yeah. I think it's good for the Lions that they've kind of improved. They've taken a step in the right direction. They won the NFC North. Good for them. Now, unfortunately, they're taking on the hottest team in the NFC. A team that is a stylistic matchup for their, their defense. I think for them to be a Super Bowl contender, they got to improve their defense in the offseason. Their defense was decent at the start of the year. Completely collapsed uh, as the season went on. So I don't have faith in the Lions. I will take the Rams to win this game outright. I got them on the money line, plus 155. I said earlier I thought the hardest game to handicap was the Packers-Cowboys. Um, that was because I thought the spread was set right. But overall, the hardest game to handicap in terms of I don't know what to expect is the Eagles and the Buccaneers, which is on Monday night. I don't like this playoff game on Monday night. Play The playoff should be Saturday and Sunday, and that's it. Um, the reason why is because the Eagles are more talented than the Buccaneers. I don't think you can argue that. The Eagles are the more talented team, and in a lot of metrics, they are the better team than the Buccaneers. But then there's the intangibles, the things you can't measure. The Eagles have imploded late in the year. Imploding to a point where it seems like there's got to be some issues in the locker room. There's got to be some issues with the coaches and the players. Obviously, we don't know this. I'm not in the locker room. But I don't think, I don't think it's possible to avoid that when you've collapsed like the Eagles have at the end of the season, there has to be some question marks in the, in the locker room. There has to be some bad blood. So if I want to trust the metrics, I would take the Eagles. But then like, I'm not an intangibles guy. I'm not, I'm not a guy who generally likes to use stuff. You can't measure, but I can't ignore how the Eagles have played. I called them fraudulent. I was the first person to say this team's not that good. And even I, jumped back on their bandwagon too early. I bet on them two of the last three weeks, both times they played the Giants. And I lost outright to the Giants this past weekend. It was disgusting. So I don't really know what to do, so I'm going to take the over. And I do think there is a case to be made for the over. Number one, the biggest reason for the Eagles collapsing is their defense. Their defense has been atrocious. 29th in the NFL, the Eagles finished an opponent EPA per play. Only the Seahawks, Cardinals, and Commanders had a worse defensive season than the Eagles when it comes to opponent EPA per play. Most notably, their secondary was terrible. Teams have been able to throw the ball all over them. Well, what do the Buccaneers do well? Throwing the football. The Buccaneers can't run the football. So if the Buccaneers play a good secondary, they're screwed. Now they don't play a good secondary. Now they play one of the worst secondaries in the NFL. So I think the Buccaneers are going to be able to throw the ball through the air. I think they're going to find success. I think Mike Evans is probably going to have a big game. Chris Godwin could have a big game. And then there's the Eagles offense, which is still has imploded, but still the Eagles offense is talented. They can still move the ball. They have explosive plays. And the Buccaneers defense is not that good. Buccaneers defense is around an average, I would say a below average defense, but if you were to tell me they're an average defense, I'd be fine with that. But they're not a better than average defense. So another case, just like the Cowboys-Packers, I think both offenses are better than their defenses. The Eagles' defense themselves has been atrocious. I could probably find, you know, 11 guys on the, in the streets of Hell's Kitchen, and we could probably put up 21 points against this Eagles' defense. It's bad. 
So on Monday night, in a game where I actually don't know who's going to win, the spread's two and a half. If I gunned my head, I had to take a spread. I would trust my, I would tr- trust the metrics and trust us the overall talent of the Eagles that they would get things together. But I ain't betting on it. Like I said, if I had to, I take the Eagles. I'm a lot more comfortable with the over. I took over 44 between the Eagles and the Bucks. Um, I got, I have it on screen here. That's minus 110, but I actually got it at minus 105. Let me just er, minus 105. Eagles Bucks over 44 and a half at minus 105. Based on what I'm looking at right now, it might have gone down half a point. No, I got it at 44. I don't know why I put it at half. Sorry. My bet stamp account is the official account. I don't know why I put 44 and a half. It's 44. In my notes, I put 44 and a half. I put 44 and a half in my notes. No, on bet stamp, it's 44. I'll fix that. So there you have it. My six picks for wildcard weekend is Texans plus two and a half, even money against the Browns. Dolphins plus three and a half, minus 110 against the Chiefs. <clears throat> Excuse me, Bills, minus 10, minus 105 against the Steelers. Packers, Cowboys, over 50.5, minus 110. Rams, plus 155 on the money line against the Lions. Eagles, Bucks, over 44, minus 105. I will do some player props for this weekend as well, at least one for every game. That might be a separate episode, or I just might write an article at Betsider and tweet it out. So keep an eye to my Twitter account or X account, whatever. Uh, and I will have player props at some point this week. I wish I would have had them in this episode, but I record on Monday night, and apparently Monday night props aren't up yet. So I will keep an eye out for those. Thank you all so much for following along all season. Best of luck in the wildcard round of the playoffs. Oh, I'll give my playoff prediction. Can I make a bracket? Is there a playoff NFL bracket creator? Can I can I make a bracket? Um, NFL playoff bracket no this is for last year this is also for last year i would like to make a bracket to see how accurate my bracket can be can i find a website that has nfl playoff bracket 2024 create no can't find yes i got one all right let's 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 bring up my screen. Nope, this is an old one as well because the Bengals and 49ers are the one seed. Okay, I'll just tell you. I think out of the wild card round, the winners are going to be the Texans, Bills, and Dolphins out of the AFC. And I think in the NFC, it's going to be the Buccaneers. It's going to be the Cowboys. And it's going to be the Rams. So that means it's going to be the 49ers against the Rams. I think 49ers win. I think Cowboys beat the Bucks. I think it's going to be 49ers-Cowboys in the NFC Championship, and I think 49ers win the NFC. That's as chalky as it pretty much gets after the first round, but I think that's how the NFC is going to go. The AFC, uh, it would be the Ravens against the Dolphins. I kind of think the Dolphins might beat them. No. I'm going to go Ravens beats the Dolphins and Bills beat the Chiefs. I will then say, even though I have a ton of futures invested on the Ravens, I'd win a lot of money if the Ravens win the Super Bowl. I will say the Bills actually upset the Ravens in the AFC Championship. The 49ers beat the Bills in the Super Bowl. That's my official NFL playoff prediction. 49ers over Bills in the Super Bowl. Buffalo experiences heartbreak. 
once again. All right. Thank you all so much for watching. Like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Best of luck this weekend. And maybe I'll talk to you again in a couple of days about props. But if not, I'll talk to you next week. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.